Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, I've just got a couple things. I'm not going to keep you long. I had a couple things uh, rolling around in my heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for your instruction in the word. Lord, help us to see more clearly our place, our role, what you have for us. Father, we thank you for it tonight in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. So yesterday afternoon uh, or late morning, I was sitting on the, um, on the back porch enjoying the cool air of uh, Florida July and uh, actually had the fan on me as high as it would go. Uh, trying to, to not overheat, you know, endeavoring to enjoy the, the back porch as much as I could. But um, I was just getting ready for this morning, and, and we read the scriptures in uh, Galatians chapter 5. You can turn there with me, Galatians, uh, the fifth chapter. Uh, we looked at this this morning. I'm not going to re-preach uh, my message from this morning, but you can go back and, and listen to this. And um, uh, that's how you were to go, Galatians 5? All right, Galatians 5. And uh, we read these verses um, uh, verses 16 through, um, through verse 21, we'll read again. It says, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the, the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. I mean, you know, we're not supposed to be led by, by what, what we want to do all the time. That's a dangerous place to be. Verse 18 says, but if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. There's other things that qualify, but he's just making a brief list here. I know it seems long, but it's not. It says, and of the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I've told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so this was, um, you know, in the mornings we've been talking about, um, um, talking some vision things and, and specifically recently the being stirred by God's word and the value of God's word. I'm not, not necessarily getting back into that tonight. But just how important it is that we value these things, we, these things and we take them seriously. So the Lord had brought that, those scriptures to my remembrance that, that we need to make sure that we're aware of what the scriptures say and we believe it. You know, this morning, the, the whole point would just be to treat the Word of God as being absolute and being 100% true and, and, and not leaving room for, for gray areas in your life where you take one thing that fits what feels good or what fits your situation or what you like and you, you adjust the Word of God or, or try to make it fit into you. We should be fitting into what the Word says and what God's plan is and what He has revealed in the Scriptures, not the other way around, trying to fit Him to us we should be making ourselves fit into him and what he said. And that's where blessing is, and really that's where safety is. You read these scriptures, you know, um, uh, you know the, the, the worst part of all of this are not the deeds or the acts themselves, it's what the result is. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And anything that, that we're involved in that's outside of the plan of God, outside of the instructions in God word, God's word, you can just put it down into three letters, it's sin. And um, the wages of sin is death. And so that's what it results in our life. You know, we did this long series that went for almost a year with the youth uh, 
last year, and it was based upon just the scripture of John 10, 10, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so uh, it wasn't a year of just that. There was a lot of different topics thrown in there. Um, but the basic, one of the, one of the foundational truths of that is that the enemy only has bad things for you, and God only has good things for you. And anytime the scriptures tell us to avoid something or identify something as a negative or a sin or something that we shouldn't do, then we know that by, by default, we know where that comes from because anything that he has is good for us. And so if he wants us to stay away from something, it's because it's bad, it's from the enemy and it'll bring death in our life. And it could be a death, uh, the death of dreams that you have, talents, gifts that have been placed in your life. It can be a death of, of all sorts of things, naturally speaking. But in the end, it can even cost you your, your eternal security. I know there's some people that believe in, you know, once saved, always saved. That's not in the Bible because uh, you say it's not in the Bible. Well, there, there are scriptures where people's names are blotted out of the book of life. And, uh, you know, we don't say these things to frighten people, but we need to be aware of this and we need to live aware. And uh, that's why he, Paul said, you know, like I've told you before, people who practice these things, the King James says do, but that in this, not, we said this morning, I'm not going to preach the message again, but it's not just a, 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 an every now and then again thing. We're all dealing with things and have things in our life that we're working through, but we should be working through them and not excusing them. There's a difference, right? And, and he said those who do these things, the, the New King James translates that as practice, and that's a better, a better translation. And it just means they make it a part of who they are, and that's their lifestyle. And so um, these things are here to, 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 to warn us personally. We need to be right. I want other people to be right, and I want other people to be secure, but I, can I be honest with you? I want this guy right here to be right, and this guy right here to be secure, right? Because... Because, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that, that I'm making my election sure and making sure that I'm taking care of myself. Because if I'm not right, how can I help somebody else? But even just on a totally selfish level, I don't, I don't want to be in danger because of deception. Because I didn't treat God's word as 100% absolute. I didn't treat it the right way. I didn't view it the right way. I didn't respond to his instruction the right way and and. and could possibly put myself in danger. So, so these are important things. And then we also want to be a minister of these things to other people as well. I will say this, God's not looking to, to, to condemn anybody. God's not looking to punish anybody. God is love. He's looking for every opportunity to be a blessing. He desperately wants to be good. He desperately wants to bless. And people say, well, if he does, why didn't he just do it regardless of all of these other factors? It's because he is a just and holy God. And, and you can't, he can't, he can't make room for something that is completely against his nature. He can give you the tools to overcome those things and to walk free of those things but he has to recognize that he is, a ho he is a holy God and he won't vary in those things. And really, that's why we can trust him because he's steadfast, he's steady, he never changes. He is who he says he is day in and day out. So anyways, reading these verses, and, and that's enough of that. You can go back and listen to it from, from this morning. But reading the verses, and it went on in verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, 
uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the flesh, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking uh, provoking one another, envying one another. So I read the rest of those verses. And, you know, one of the good things to do is to continue reading, getting some context of the verses around there. And then in chapter six, it says, brethren, verse one, brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And so he said, you know, and he's talking about sin. He's talking about dealing with these things. And those who are spiritual, we ought to restore one uh, uh, if someone is overtaken or this has, has, has found a stronghold in their life. How I many you know we shouldn't just judge people, but, but that doesn't mean we don't address things. We have a job to do to help one another. We have, we have an assignment and a responsibility to help one another through these things. And I know that's not, and that's not always easy. That's not always fun. But I know there's been times in my life there have been things that I have dealt with that and had been dealing with. And, and the fact is I needed somebody else's help. You say, well, you had the Lord Jesus. Yes, I had the Lord Jesus. But there have been times, I don't know about you, maybe, maybe I'm just weaker than everybody else, right? Maybe y'all are way more cool and spiritual than me. But for me personally, I've had times where I needed another person to come alongside another human being and help me. Not make excuses for it, not, not try to pacify it, not try to explain it away, but to come alongside and help me. And he said that those who are spiritual, they need to do these things. That's a mark of spirituality when a person recognizes that they have the ability and the responsibility to help their fellow believer. As a body, that's part of what we've been called to do for one another. So we've been called to do that for one another, to help one another. It's not about being nosy and getting in everybody's business. That's not what I'm talking about. That's taking things too far. But a spirit-led life, if you walk according to the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You'll also recognize things that he's wanting you to do for yourself and to help somebody else. Because it goes on to say, you are spiritual, help restore somebody. And so we've got that responsibility to each other. Recently, we were, I say recently, not that recently. We it was some time ago, we were at a particular uh, event, outing, group of people were together. And the people there were talking about something. They knew who I was and recognized, you know, my, my, the fact that I'm a minister and a preacher, you know, and all that stuff, which is always fun because, and sometimes people get real weird and they find that out. But these were all believers, you know. And so uh, I kind of walked up on a conversation that was going on and, and I knew all of the different individuals involved. And, and um, you know, it wasn't my house. It wasn't my party. It wasn't my gathering. I was just invited to it that does, you know, vary what, what you're going to do. And, and I'm also paying attention to my heart, but I walked up on this conversation and these are all, this was, was a group of believers were all hanging out, talking to each other. And, um, one of them started in apparently right before I got there, uh, talking about a particular situation that was going on in their life. Uh, something that, that they were involved in something that was happening. And, and let's just say the verses I read earlier, uh, it was something that was listed in those verses earlier, a particular situation that, that had been, they were involved in, uh, that they were trying to make light of it and talking about the situation and without going into detail. 
it wasn't a good situation and they were, like I said, trying to, trying to make light of it. How many know that that is what the enemy wants us to do is to make light of things that the scriptures tell us, right? Because it's not a big deal, you know, God's love and he's merciful and, and he, uh, he'll, he'll give you a, he'll, he'll wink at it. He won't like it, but he's, he's all right. That's not, that's, that's a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. That, that, that's not how these things work. And so this situation was actually a pretty serious thing. And no matter how cute the conversation was, uh, it was a serious topic. And now I walked up on their conversation and I didn't have any sense that I needed to, 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 to do anything because it was not my conversation. But the one thing I did is I, I excused myself after a few seconds because none of these believers that, that this person was talking to, not a single one of them was offering anything that would help this individual to, to get out of a, according to scripture, a, a potentially very dangerous place in their life because this person was making light of it. That tends to make me think, I'm not, this is where we don't want to judge people's heart, but by their actions and lifestyle, that when they're making light of something, then, then that, you're, you're, you're in danger of falling on the side of a person who's practicing something. Because you don't think it's that big of a deal and they were making excuses and kind of making jokes about it and things. And the thing that struck me is, yeah, that the enemy wants to deceive people and he wants to confuse people and lie to people and tell people, you know, tell them that they're okay and that, that what the Bible says, yeah, it's true, but it doesn't really, yeah, that, that's not, that God's really, he's not that serious about it. When you have plain black and white of what the scriptures say, they're not treating it the right way, but then the enemy wants fellow believers out of awkwardness or an uncomfortableness to not say anything and not do anything, not in a harsh way, not in a, in a judgmental way, but in an honest, love-filled way to help that person remove themselves from danger. And a spiritual person would love a person enough to help guide them, uh, 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 to come alongside them and help them to avoid and get out of being in danger. It says in the verse, it says that... Um, you are spiritual, restore such one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So it, it shows an approach, not of a, of a, oh, you should know better, but a, but a gentleness, not quarrelsome, not being, not being harsh, but at the same time being, being real. I mean, we need to be real with people being real, but also in a humble way, knowing that if it if not, but for the grace of God, that could be you in that situation, Right. And in that way, so that you can, you can, you can tell the truth, you can express the truth, you can actually minister to that person yet without, 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 uh, drawing the attention off the fact that God is trying to help them and, and get it off on other things. So you can respond the right way. So we have a responsibility to one another. Um, and then it goes on to say in verse two, and this is the, the thing that jumped out at me and I said I wouldn't go very long, so I'm not. Uh, in verse two, it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens, this is verse two, and so fulfill the law of Christ. I'm just gonna read the next few verses here real quickly. It says, for anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let, let each one examine, examine his own works and then he will have uh, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another for e for each one shall bear his own load. Let him who has taught the word share in all things, all, uh, in all good things with him who teaches do not be, de be deceived. God is not mocked 
For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Now notice this is, a, this is, this is uh, you can say it this way, this is a promise. This is a declaration. He's making a statement that's a promise. This, I promise you this is the way it works. He says, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Don't you love these verses? Aren't you happy to be reading this? Yeah, this is, there, there's help here for people on these things, right? But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And so I was reading through and I read these verses and, and, and this next just set of passages just kind of jumped out at me. And, you know, verse one, you know, let, uh, if anyone finds someone caught in a sin, you know, you are spiritual, you know, uh, help restore them. But verse two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Um, one of the things that, that is important to, to Amy and I, and, and I know it's, it's, a, it's, it's something that we'll talk, I've talked about before, but this, this, uh, the principle, the idea, I don't know what the right word is, but uh, the reality is the fact that we're joined together, that we are members of one another. Uh, I know buzzword in the church world for has been for several year, years has been community. And, and you know, we, we are a community. We're a family. I think family is a better word. We're a family. But, you know, what I'm saying you know, don't get caught up on all that stuff. But it's, it's we, we're 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 connected to one another. And as a result, we have a responsibility to one another. And that's a part of discipling one another and discipleship and and helping to to raise up solid believers and and and. Oftentimes what happens is everyone looks to the pastor to do those things. But like in the example I just gave you a minute ago, uh, a, a real friend, someone who is a real brother or sister in the Lord would take an opportunity to help that individual and not just expect the preacher to do it, but take an opportunity themselves to, to, to do something. That's what spiritual brothers and sisters do. Well, there's this, this, this concept, this idea, this principle throughout the Bible about uh, bearing one another's burdens. It talks about it here about, about looking after each other. And he said, if you'll do that, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Anybody know what he's talking about when he says you'll fulfill the law of Christ? That we'll love one another. He said that if you love one another, he, he said that that's one of the commandments. In fact, he said that they'll know you by your love for one another. And love isn't just, the love he's talking about just isn't warm and fuzzies. I just love that. I said this morning, I'm talking about hate. You know, I used to hate olives, used to hate sauerkraut. You know, I didn't really hate it. I just didn't like it. It's a strong word. But Jesus in Revelation, you know, said, talking about the Nicolaitans that just, uh, that in just anything, you know, just, just compromised to, to be accepted by the world. Jesus said, I hated it. It was a matter of disgust. Well, love also gets thrown around a lot. And I've said it before, you know, and you might hear me, I'll joke sometimes. I, somebody says, I just love, I love that movie or I love that restaurant and I'll pick at them because I've done it too. I'll say, I just love God and people. You know, I'm so spiritual. But, uh, you know, we use the word love all the time for things. Well, I love my car. I hope you don't love your car because it's going to rust on you. I hope, you know, I, oh, I love that restaurant. What happens when they go out of business? I mean, you know, we really, really like certain things. We have fond feelings of things. But, we, but love is something that, that is more than just a feeling. It's, it's a motivator, right? I mean, it's something that encompasses who we are. And he said that if you, you know, that they'll know you by your love for one another. And this ties right into bearing one another's burdens to help fulfill the love or, or the commandment, this commandment of love. 
is that we have a responsibility to each other. We have a role to play in each other's life, and it's to bear one another's burdens. That word burden, it, it, gives, it, 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 it means like an overwhelming sense of crushing and weight. Sometimes we think of burden, like I have a burden, I gotta take out the trash, it's such a burden. It's not an overwhelming sense of just, in, anybody have kids? I want anyone to look at mine, right? And you tell them to go do something, oh, are you serious? It's like, okay, first world problems, right? You have to take the trash to the curb, you know? I mean, get a hold of yourself, it's really not that bad. But have you ever been in a place where like you've been going through something that the weight of it is so intense that you can't even you can't even keep your mind straight. I mean, it's not a take out the trash burden. It's an all encompassing like I don't I don't know if I can do that. Anybody been there before? Let me see your hands if you've been there before. Yeah, I think we've probably all experienced that at some point or another. That we go through things. We're in times where there's just this weight on us and this heaviness. Um, the Apostle Paul experienced this. He talked about, it and they were they were burdened beyond uh, uh, beyond what they could bear. I mean, it, they were even to the point of of wishing to not be alive any longer. Burdened. I've I've gone through some things in life where where the burden was so great that I started thinking, would be I would actually I'm not opposed to checking out of here and going to heaven now because I don't have to put up with that garbage there, right? I mean, none of that's going to follow me. Anybody been there before? You're just thinking like, is this worth it? We have a responsibility to one another to help bear each other's burdens. We, we have the responsibility to bear one another's burdens. And, and yes, that's the burden of sin to help somebody get out of the, uh, out of the trap that the enemy would set for them. But it's also just in life, uh, just burdens. And so really, as we, as we continue to move forward and as the Lord sends us people and sends people here, God is going to send people here who have issues and have problems and have needs in their life. Jesus didn't come to, to, for the healthy. He came for the sick. He came for those who needed him. He came, everybody needs him. Yes, I know that, but, but not everybody knows they need him. And in fact, the Lord wants to send people. I believe there are a lot of people that if you look on the outside, you might think they don't care and they're not interested and they're, they're completely put, you know, uh, opposed to the gospel. But on the inside, they're hurting people and they're looking for answers and they God will send people to us. I mean, I think about, you know, uh, Brother Doug had, had gotten up recently and told their testimony, he and Lori, and we look at them now and, and we think, oh, you know, these people, you know, probably uh, were born loving Jesus and speaking in tongues when they were kids and just, just, just their life was perfect and, and you know, uh, never gone anything. He told us that they gave us testimony when they started coming here, he and Lori were at the place of point of divorce. I'm not spilling your business because you told everybody, but, but right, he said it. I'm just repeating him. And so if you were here, he said it, not me. And, um, but he said, you know, they were at the point of, of almost splitting up. Well, you look at them now. I mean, look at them. They're all, look, oh, Doug did a little kissy lips. So, I mean, you want to kiss her, you can. He said, all right. He said, go ahead. All right. Okay. Let's keep it PG. All right. So, um. So, you know, you think, oh, you could never imagine that that would happen. Well, that's what God does. He transforms lives. 
And there are some people that are, that are strong enough, they get a hold of the word of God, and they just make a decision. They're, just, they're, they're in a place of desperation, and they just make a decision. I'm going to do this. I'm going to throw my full weight on what the Bible says. I'm going to put my whole trust in God. And, and they, they, they make it on their own. We probably all had things where that decision is all we needed. But then there are other times that you need something else. And so the Lord is going to, has, and will continue to send us people that, that need our assistance, that aren't perfect. And if we'll let God use us, let God uh, work through us, we can help bear one another's burdens so that a person can go from living in a mess and having a mess to being Doug and Lori. <laughs> no, be, 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 being a representation of what it looks like to know a living God, Right. And really, that's what we're after. It's, it's not only for that person, but that's the testimony the world needs to see. This isn't religion. It's not a bunch of rules. It's a real relationship. And if you'll get involved in this relationship, your life will be changed. Well, we have a part to play in that. So he said for, you know, to bear one another's burdens. And so I just wanted to, to, to real quickly uh, encourage you to be looking for opportunities to be a blessing and to be a help and to come alongside and carry the load for somebody. That's not always fun, but it's necessary. This is a part of a church, of, of any real believer. This is a part of your calling in life, is to be a part of a family and to be interested in somebody other than yourself and to actually invest in yourself. He goes on to say, he said that, um, you know, whatever man sows, he's going to reap. If you want help, then you have to be willing to give somebody some help. It can't always be about you. It can't always be about your walk with God. But if you ever come into a situation where you need someone's assistance, where the weight in the, in the, in the, the, the weight of a situation is great, wouldn't it be wonderful to have somebody come alongside and encourage you and pray for you and stand with you and remind you of what the word says and say, listen, I know it may look like this, but I've been there. This person's been there, but I, and, and God saw them through. He's going to see you through, right? And to hold somebody accountable when they need to be held accountable. Well, if you want that, then you've got to be willing to invest that in somebody else. Help is needed. People are needing actual help. They're needing assistance. Um, I wrote down more stuff than I have time, I guess. Uh, I said I wasn't going to keep you, so I'm not. But um, we've all been in situations where we need this. We've all been in situations where where we're needing somebody's help. Relationships matter. I want to encourage you, relationships matter. Take time to develop relationships beyond the easy ones. Take time to develop real relationships within the church. And when new people come or somebody who might, maybe we, we've run into it before, somebody's been coming for a couple years and, and then, uh, another person who's been here for even longer sees them. So oh, we had a new person today. I was like, no, they're not new. They've been coming for two years. You know, uh, and, and, and it's one thing if, we, if we're a church of 10,000. That, that, then you get into different dynamics at that point, that point. Really, even a church of 1,000, you get into different dynamics, you know. But how does a church, and, and it's not about numbers, it's about reaching people. It's about being effective and actually helping change lives, right? How do you go from, from, from somewhere 
where it's just a few to growing. Now, there's a lot of things that people do that, were to, to, that, that are not the right way, but there's a, there's a good godly growth and an adding that the Lord brings. In the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people got born again. That was probably, I would say, that was the Holy Ghost. Obviously it was, you know, it wasn't, they, Peter didn't go to a really fast church growth conference, you know, and put all these strategies in. That's not the way it worked. The spirit of the Lord added to them. So God wants to bring growth. Part of that for us is to take good care of the ones God has sent us and the one he's going to send us. And that requires everybody, not just a few, not just the pastors, not just a few select people who are just extroverts and outgoing people, Right. But that it's something everybody can do is to come alongside and develop real relationships in the church. Who are you getting to know? Who are not just about golf or, or football or whatever, but to know who they are, where they are, and asking the Lord to direct you, to use you, to be a help in their life. If you, if you can't say that, that the Lord's using you at all in that area, well, this is something that, that you can step up to. But it's a decision you have to make. It's never easy to open your life up. It's never easy. It's, ne- it's, never, necess- it's never a fun thing to do necessarily. It's a decision. You have to make room for other people. I know my dad, many times over the years, we'd have a church fellowship. And he'd say, listen, we're having a fellowship this afternoon. Don't just sit with your family. Don't just sit with the group of friends you always sit with. Go out and mingle and mix and, and get to know people. I mean, I've, almost every fellowship that's been said. Why? Because you want to make connections. You want to you, you you be positioned in a place where God can use you. It's not just about just meeting people. It's about getting in a place where God can use you. And it could very well, that could provide your answer at some point. You may need something. And by doing that, the, the Lord could, could provide you the answer you're looking for. So be, you know, work on some relationships, get to know people, ask the Lord to help you and to use you and then do good. The scripture said in, in verse 10, it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. In the, in the 10th verse, do good, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Look for opportunities to be a blessing. Don't just always look for opportunities to be blessed. Look for opportunities to be a blessing, right? What can you, can, do you, can you give an encouragement? Well, you know, but Pastor Greg, I'm needing encouragement. I know. But what you sow, you're going to reap, right? If you believe the word, if you're treating it as absolute and God actually meant what he said, don't be deceived. He just said, don't be deceived for God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he'll also reap. If you're not offering any encouragement, what makes you think you're going to get any encouragement? It's the reality. So be looking for opportunities to do good and to be a blessing to people. Open your life up and look for an opportunity to be a blessing. I tell you, this, this, will, this, this can really enrich your life. You know, we, we made a point years ago, you know, I mean, our home over the years has been kind of a revolving door, people coming and going and come here and, and we don't, we didn't just do that just to, just to say, oh, look what we did, but we've developed some great relationships with people just because we're part of family and, and we're a part of a body with each other and, and church family that, that these relationships have enriched our lives. 
You can do the same thing, but it's a decision you have to make. It's, 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 you have to make room for these things. And we've had, it's been times in the past where people have come, had real needs, but couldn't find a place to fit. And a lot of times that's somebody to fit in with, right? We, I will say this, we've never had a clickish church. We've never had a clickish church, and that's not been something that, that my parents ever allowed before. When I was the youth minister all those years, I would tell them that we do not do cliques in this youth group. That's not who we are. Everybody's on equal footing, you know, all of that, and we, we just don't do it. That's never been the issue, but, but, but it is important we take us beyond a step beyond that, not just saying, oh, you can't be part of us. That's cliquish. Well, who are you? You're new. I've been here forever. We don't do those kind of things, but, but there's a step then beyond that. Hey, you're new. Hey, let me get to know you. Let me invest in you. Is there something I can pray with you about? If you'll ask the Lord to help you, he will alert you when somebody else is in need of something. When's the last time you asked the Lord to show you somebody in your church that you can be a blessing to, that you can encourage, that you can pray for, that you can pray with? Well, nobody's done that for me. Well, get the ball rolling, right? Start sowing in that area. And then when your time comes that you have a need, I guarantee you God will send somebody to you if you're looking for that. An opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else. Now we're going to stop. Did you notice any verse in here that stood out as being a little odd when we read this? Like maybe a little contradictory. My dad's shaking his head yes. Anybody read a verse? People looking at the Bibles really quick. Anybody see a verse that might be completely go against everything I just said? Is I want to address it. Huh? Yeah. Verse five. Let's read it. For each one, verse, verse four, but let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. The King James says burden. Each one will bear his own burden. Well, I thought he just said in verse two to bear one another's burdens. In verse five, he's saying each person is supposed to bear their own burden. Their own load. It's a different word there. The, and, and the only reason I'm saying this is because you have to be aware that there are some things that only a person can do for themselves. When we're talking about bearing people's burdens, and this is important because you can, the enemy can trick you into trying to take a place in somebody's life that nobody can take but themselves. Listen, it's Amy and I's job to raise our children. It's Amy and I's job. Now, people have helped us, right? People have done things to be assistants to us, but it's our responsibility. I can't give that to somebody else. It's, it's, it's my job to work. We've had people come in before that they're needing finances, they're needing money, but they don't want to work. Well, we're, I, want to, I want to bear their burden, Pastor. Well, that's a good way to go broke. Because if you're trying to bear the burden of somebody who refuses to work, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat right? So there's a balance there. And that balance is safety for us that we don't try to become, take over all that person's responsibility. We need to bear one another's burdens, but realize there are some things they're going to have to do for themselves. We can encourage them, but you can't, you can't take the place of certain things. When you look up, you look up this, um, uh, one commentator had made a, had made a statement about that, about this word, about everyone bear his own load or bear his own burden. He, it was, it was like a military reference that when a, when a soldier goes off to war, every soldier has got a pack they have to carry. There's a certain amount of weight that a person, a soldier's got to carry themselves. 
We, you know, we, we've watched these shows. These mil- There's a show we watched recently. It was all this. It was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was a uh, uh, special forces thing where they brought in these civilians to go through SEAL training, and it looked completely awful. And uh, and one of the things they would do these these ruck walks. They put the rucksack on, you know, and you do this march, and or they do a run, and it was like, what did you say? How much? At the end, the last one, it was 75? It was 65 or 75 pounds that, that they had on themselves. And, and that was their responsibility to carry their own. They couldn't carry each other's. Each person had to carry their own weight in this area. There are some things that, that are a person's responsibility to carry. That's why you need to be led by the Lord when you do this. You must be led by the Lord there are times that, and, and our church is such a generous church, and over the years this has happened so many times that, that somebody will, will, will get on their heart, if someone, the Lord will place somebody on their heart, and they'll choose to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them some money. And so they'll, they'll give it to one of the office staff or something, and you give this to so-and-so, and don't tell them who it came from, and, and then you, know, you run out and you, you give them the money. And just, the church has done a great job taking care of, of themselves. And we've done, it's been a great job over the years. But you have people out there, you didn't know this you even have some believers that will take everything you can give them that you'll give them because they don't want to learn to do for themselves and the only reason I'm bringing this up you need to be led by the Lord because of you if you try to carry something that's not yours to even help with you can actually put that person in a in a position of never growing up right and instead of being a blessing to them you're actually furthering the problem let the Spirit of God lead you of when to come in and help somebody and carry a burden for somebody, especially if it's a financial need. Now, sowing and reaping is important. Sowing happens in a lot of places, not just in the offering. You can sow into somebody's life and be a blessing to them, and that's a wonderful thing. But somebody can also try to manipulate you. And if you're giving because you're manipulated and not led, then you've got no reward for that, right? Right? And so you need to be careful how you do this and, and, and what your motivation is. I've had the Lord in times past tell me to do something for somebody, and I did. And then a couple weeks later, they, they were like, hey, I appreciate what you did before. And uh, I'm thinking one particular situation right now. And, and in fact, I found out they had gone to several people and, and you know, kind of talked about their situation, looking for help. That's one thing I've noticed, somebody who's, who, who's looking for somebody to carry their load, their the thing they should be doing, they like to drop a lot of hints, you know. And uh, where this person had dropped a lot of hints and different ones that helped them. Well, when all of that ran out, they came back for round two. At some point, you know, you had to say, listen, why is this happening? I'm going to give you a different kind of help. I helped you before in this way, but let me give you some more help. Did you tithe off what the Lord gave you? Did, did you sow any of that? Did, did you trust? Did, did you do your part? Well, no. Well, then, well there, that, there's, there's your issue. Yeah. Right? I just want to encourage this. Let, let's bear one another's burdens, but let's do it smart. It's that, there's a reason why Paul bear one another's burden, verse 2, and in verse 5, there's certain things everybody's got to do for themselves. Well, well, how do you make that distinction? Let the Spirit of God lead you. Amen? It'll be a help to us. Praise God. Why don't you stand with me? I think I got out what I needed to. Practical little uh, teaching for us tonight, but uh, I believe it'll be a help to us. The Lord's sending us people who need answers, need help, and we get the opportunity to be a blessing in their life. But I tell you what, God will never abuse us. 
He will never take advantage of these things, but he will bless us for our faithfulness. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.